Welcome everyone to the Marvel Movie Podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here tonight to talk to you about the mammoth Marvel panel presentation, uh, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) extravaganza at San Diego Comic-Con 2019. Yes, Pete, as the sun sets on San Diego Comic-Con, we spend today looking back to yesterday's Marvel Studios panel, one which immediately uh, had had surprise and questions both in the room and across social media. So many dates up there, some with specific dates like May 7th, 2021, others that were a bit more vague like summer 2021. And uh, I have to say, Pete, we identified pretty quickly, oh my goodness, they're not just rolling out the movies, they're rolling out the Disney Plus shows as well. Now, I was surprised and frankly taken aback by the confusion of people. Like, oh my God, they're putting out seven movies in 2021. Marvel's never put out more than three movies in a year. Do you think they could do a movie year with four before they upped it to seven? I know they just passed Avatar for the worldwide box office with Avengers Endgame. But, you know, you you only take world domination so far. <laughs> well, particularly since there's other facets of, you know, uh, uh, of Disney movies that need to come out as well. I think that we're never going to see more than three because there's always going to be a Disney live action, a Pixar, a Disney animated, a this, the that, the other. And now you add 20th Century Fox to the mix. Um, but I will say this, Pete. You, me, most people listening, the notion of uh, you know MCU shows or you know official, if you're concerned about the line between TV and film or whatever that is, we're all clear on that. Does the general audience out there who doesn't go read the Hollywood Reporter multiple times a week, maybe multiple times a day, um, things of that sort. Do they know necessarily that these shows are out there? I mean, I checked out some of the footage from the Disney investor thing back in the spring. I think you watched a little bit of it. You certainly read headlines from it. Did the average person do that? No, they don't necessarily know that there's stills out there from Loki, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that, I think that A, I can understand the confusion, but I applaud marvel studios for doubling down in a way where they must have known that there would be some confusion and walked away saying we don't care that people will be confused during the presentation we want people to walk away and say wow look at all these movies wait there are movie like things coming to disney plus wait their series with movie quality wow that enhances my interest in disney plus Yeah. And that's the other thing that uh, people seem a little confused upon is, you know, TV shows as events and one offs more so than, you know, the Loki series will run for five seasons on Disney Plus. You know, you're, you're talking about essentially an eight to 10 hour movie than you are, you know, 24 episodes over three seasons. I think, too, if we use Netflix as the model for breaking into a new space, you think of when when Netflix rolled out House of Cards and Orange is the New Black, 
it was meant to really catch eyes. It was meant to be different. It was meant to be, you know, really high profile people making them in them, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, fast forward a couple of years later when they had run their course or obviously with the case of house of cards, other, other and more serious factors uh, factoring in on the show, they wrapped up when they had to wrap up. Neither went, you know, 20 seasons like, uh, like, you know, SVU or things of that sort. They kind of went as long as they needed to go. Same thing here. If the biggest hit out of these is the Loki show, could it go as many seasons as it needs to go? Sure. If Loki is the stinker out of the bunch, and you say, oh, well, that was kind of, that was only okay. All right, then concluding after its single season of awesomeness, the end, you know, it's, it's wherever these are going to lead. So we're going to cover the announcements in the order in which they were unfurled. We'll begin here first with uh, jumping ahead to November 6, 2020, and the long-rumored, now-confirmed, The Eternals. Yes, and of course, as they kept showing all these blank spots on the timeline, the uh, May 1st, 2020 date skipped over. But the uh, reveal here of the Eternals film... Uh, most of the rumors, all of the rumors uh, were accurate. Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, Camille Nanjiani, etc. cetera, uh, directed by Chloe Zhao. And I know we talked about it on our last uh, Marvel movie podcast, Pete, that it's this rich, uh, this rich property and certainly got a good kickoff here. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that turned out to be false was the really rampant Millie Bobby Brown uh, rumor within the last week. Instead, the character of Sprite is going to be played like Leah McHugh. Um, but, you know, you, you've got some really, really, you know, higher tier Hollywood people in Jolie and Selma Hayek. And then, you know, Richard Madden, who's up for an Emmy now for uh, the bodyguard, you know, this it, it's their bread and butter, Matt, with Marvel. It's this eclectic mix. When you add to that the the uh, director here in Chloe Zhao, I must confess, not super familiar with her work uh, in Songs My Brother Taught Me, The Rider, and the uh, the still-to-be-released Nomadland. Uh, but it follows in this stretch that Marvel Studios has been in for a good chunk of time now, which is to take creative people who aren't known for you know, I did the last Tom Cruise movie. No, I did the last James Bond movie, things of that sort, and say, what can you bring in terms of a different perspective? We'll help you out with stunts and visual effects and et cetera along the way. What can you do with characters and story and performance? And I think that's certainly the case here with uh, Chloe Zhao. What's particularly attractive about this property, and again, we talked in our, you know, previous episode about what it might mean but you know the eternals the celestials if you will um go back they not only were formative with humanity but with the kree and the scrolls so to see that moving forward with something that wasn't announced like a captain marvel 2 uh you know exactly where they're going Next announced was The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Pete, they've added the the based on, well, you know, compared to the rumors that we discussed. Uh, that, of course, with Anthony Mackie's uh, Falcon, future Captain America, and uh, Sebastian Stan's uh, Bucky Barnes' Winter Soldier. 
um, good, you know, good bit of, uh, of uh, showmanship here. Uh, Mackie comes out with the uh, Captain America shield logo. Uh, as expected, we found out that Daniel Brawl will be back as Zemo. And I don't think mentioned at the panel, but worth mentioning here is that uh, Emily Van Camp is back as, uh, as Sharon Carter. And that had long been rumored as well. Uh, Mackie had the line of this particular part of the presentation. He wants to know what makes the Winter Soldier tick and tick him off. Uh, so clearly bouncing off the Civil War heavy cast there, the, the buddy aspect that has developed between the two of them. Uh, I mean, Zemo with the mask, what more can you ask for? I know some sources have this coming out in August 2020 at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. They committed to fall 2020. Uh, I think both could be true. I mean, I know August does not uh, fit in with the uh, you know the technical season of fall. But if you said, oh, man, August 29th, 2020, that's kind of fall. Like, I think, you know, I don't know that anybody would complain too much. I don't think so either. And, you know, what's what's a month? What's, you know, within... Uh, a season when we're talking far enough out ahead. Next announced was the theatrical release for Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings that coming out February 12th, 2021. And interesting way they kind of uh, unfolded this here, probably because this is the least, um, the least well-known property. Uh, Fiji explaining that uh, Tony Lung is playing the real Mandarin. Of course, you know, going back to Iron Man 3 and the fake Mandarin and all that. Then introduced Aquafina as part of the cast. And then lastly, Simu Liu as Shang-Chi himself. Really charismatic and smart casting by Marvel here. Going back to the Mandarin has been something that's been talked about. I mean, geez, Matt, since 2013, you know, they did the Ben Kingsley one shot and you know all right so he wasn't the real mandarin the actual mandarin is out there and is ticked um but yeah just something that perfectly placed in the schedule february you know little soft black panther did pretty well there uh black history month uh and a lot of people were looking at that date like would that be black panther 2 and they zag where people expected them to zig uh, this directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, uh, who has worked with Brie Larson, who has worked with Ryan Coogler, and uh, and Cretton uh, also does not have a ton of credits. Uh, he's directed the films I Am Not a Hipster, Short Term 12, The Glass Castle, and Just Mercy. Uh, but again, kind of, I'm sure, uh, hired for his perspective and his creativity, not Oh man, you did that awesome uncut fight sequence for Fast and Furious Ocho. Yeah, and to do a hardcore kung fu movie now to stretch out into uh, a genre Marvel's yet to hit in 23 films. And uh, they have one of the cinematographers from The Matrix on board as well. So you know it'll be groundbreaking from that regard. Next up in the presentation was uh, the reveal. Again, not a huge reveal to those who've been listening, uh, keeping their ears to the ground, rather. But the WandaVision show for Disney Plus, this slated now to come out in spring 2021. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen comes out. Paul Bettany comes out. Paul Bettany and 
let's just say Pete, tight pants, um, and some good banter between them. And then Feige reveals, because of the time jump from Captain Marvel to now, and then the time jump from now to the end of Endgame, uh, Pete, we have a grown-up Monica Rambeau. Yeah, what people have been clamoring for, probably not the project they envisioned the character popping back up. I have to say that the logo alone for this project, and I know there's been a lot of talk about logos, you know, fonts used, et cetera, but this is a really cool and evocative one and that they're going to be post endgame with this vision's gone uh how are they going to bring him back really really interested to see what they do here yes paul bettany either genuinely or or not he is an actor of course professed kind of complete ignorance as to the last time he saw a vision he died and that was the end of him playing vision but now he's back and it's after endgame so i'm sure sure they'll get it figured out i mean pete we have plenty of dead characters returning all the time so i feel like there's the potential for this to be wacky and weird. I know that that's how they described it as, you know, this unique perspective. I think that there's potential here for it to be something, something surprising. I don't know exactly what, but just something where you're going to walk away and say, wow, this was more than two superpowered people in love. Yeah. And there's a little bit of a family aspect going on. You know, how has Monica Rambeau grown up? What is her connection with these characters, how is that going to evolve? And I think what they're showing you, you know, the last 10 years we've had the the tried and true and, and really straightforward types of stories with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy. And even when people look at that as a risk, it wasn't as big a risk as it might have seemed. And these shows now, the ability with the monster that Disney plus is going to be to show you something off beats to explore these characters. I mean, think about it, Matt, we've had Wanda and vision in, you know, uh, age of Ultron civil war and the two infinity war movies. So we've seen them for, all right, let's, let's count the third hour of uh end game we've seen them in five hours of cinema maybe stretch that to six we're going to learn more about them in one tv show we're going to get more of them in one tv show than we've had on a screen and i certainly welcome that and pete your comment reminds me of something i saw online oh about a month ago that was the screen time totals i want to say for infinity war i don't think it was for end game uh but it was like it was shocking it's like in the two and a half hours of Infinity War, Robert Downey Jr. is in 30 minutes. Uh, you know, Captain America appears in it for 18 minutes. You're like, that, that can't be true. That can't be true. But as you say, with the two of them anchoring WandaVision as a show, we're going to dig so much deeper. And I think, aside from those sweet, sweet, you know, Marvel paychecks, I think that's what's drawing these actors back to these properties is... You spent the time in makeup. You spent the time going, oh, man, we need to wait for Hemsworth's beard to get re-glued. All right, now we can shoot. And now it's an opportunity to really focus on these characters that they know so well. Yeah, and I think they're taking a cinematic approach to something that will be shown on screens a la TV, but not so much. 
Next in the announcement uh, was <laughs> probably the, the least secretive of all these Disney Plus shows that, of course, the Loki series also coming out spring 2021. Uh, they confirmed, Fiji confirmed, I think most interestingly, that it does take place after Endgame. So as opposed to a pure pre-Endgame anthology of, you know, Loki at the French Revolution and things of that sort... We really are going to get caught up with this character when last we saw him. I think there'll be ample time jumping. I know the one unofficial leaked image shows it may even be uh, just conceptual art, uh, but shows the Jaws marquee and uh, Loki in Times Square in the 70s. So uh, that alone makes you salivate for that. And I mean, come on, the reception that Tom Hiddleston gets when he goes to San Diego alone makes it worth it. Next announced for May 7th, 2021 was what I dare say is the longest title for an MCU film, Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. <laughs> I mean, I'm all ready to see that movie just based on the title. And this was, I think the biggest surprise we knew what Dr. Strange two was coming. We didn't see this, that they're billing it as Marvel's first horror movie makes Matt suddenly anxious. Also that what I believe that they're doing with a lot of these shows and films, the fallout of Endgame. So, you know, multiverse, something that was, you know, uh, fraudulently thrown out with uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, you know, obviously a plot point, but that we have a character who's seen the 14 million different incarnations and perhaps Matt, you know, we're not doing a big team up movie. They're in favor of the mini team up team ups now. But is that a way to bring in some cameos that you might not expect and to see what might have happened other takes through Endgame. I mean, I think it just it just calls for that. You know, I, the mind, of course, goes to the characters that we have left dearly departed at the end of Endgame. But, you know, to have, I don't know, you know, Thor, a newspaper reporter or something like that, there's an opportunity for it to really be zany. I know they're saying it's going to be this this really scary PG-13 movie that you can still bring your family to. Um, you know, we'll see. I think sometimes they get a little caught up like, like oh man, there's, there's the great thrillers from the 70s, including Winter Soldier. And it's like, oh, all right, it's a, Winter Soldier is a well-constructed movie. It's not quite, you know... Uh, all the King's Men or something like that. Three but, Days of the Condor. Yeah. But we have Scott Derrickson returning to direct, which I think is exactly where that needs to be. And then, Pete, one of the bigger surprises, the fact that they brought Elizabeth Olsen back out because, surprise, surprise, Scarlet Witch is in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and the WandaVision series feeds right into that movie. Yeah. So, hashtag, it's all connected, and... Like we said, they're going to give you some other takes. I mean, that we've been sitting on Doctor Strange by the time that this comes out. I mean, 2016. And it speaks to how in demand Cumberbatch is, you know, between his Marvel stuff, between Sherlock, 
you know, being the, the go-to for, you know, artsy type of stuff. And then you want to have him anchor tentpole blockbusters and this the perfect way to bring him back in a solo film. Next announced was the animated What If series coming to summer 2021 uh, with uh, Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher. And Pete, I was fully excited for this. I was interested. Ooh, we all heard it. What if Peggy Carter got the serum instead of uh, Steve Rogers? Then they showed the slide with who's going to be voicing yeah. characters in it. And that throws it over the top. Um, all right. So it's animated and, you know, people tend to just for the nature of that, take it less seriously. It's an animated TV show, but you bring in that cast and immediately you can see they have everybody they need back to tell the, the Peggy Carter uh, super soldier story, which is going to be great. They have much of the guardians cast, you know, they have Paul Rudd, of course, it, it's going to be a really fun uh, thing to ponder again this idea of other ways to look at the stories they've told other directions they could have possibly gone until they slingshot forward in these later couple films and i think too you know this this is an easy fit for disney plus this is an easy hey let's watch an mcu thing that doesn't or let's watch a marvel movie thing that doesn't involve Doctor Strange's horrific car crash because we have cars in the real world too and that's scary for some children. Instead, hey, this is a fun cartoon that is telling you it's the opposite of the continuity so you get to have the new but also say, oh wait, Steve Rogers got the serum. I have that reinforced if, you know, if you're a young person. And I think it's just a really, it's a great combination. It's the right location for it and all that. It is. And with the next one in Hawkeye, the moment you see the logo for that, it is straight off the comic run. And this was the one that I didn't know I was as excited for that I am. Yeah, for Renner to enter through the back of the hall, you know, some some security people keeping uh, keeping the distance there between him and the, and the commoners. But, you know, him high fiving people. Uh, again, this is a show that was widely rumored, um, but here now confirmed uh, confirmed for the date of uh, fall 2021 and uh, the return, of course, of his Hawkeye and the inclusion of the character of Kate Bishop, which I think has so many people, uh, particularly younger people, uh, excited. You know, this mm -hmm. obviously a step towards inclusion, a step towards making Hawkeye not be a solitary person hanging out Batman style all the time. And it just seems like a great combination. It does. And what they've done with these shows to be able to pick, you know, not the top tier, you know, here's your Thor TV show. But to pick these other characters and sure, they've anchored parts of the movies, but they haven't had their own uh, spotlight. And to give it to him now to have this as a you know, handing off of the baton, a, a mentor type of relationship. Um, and again, a, a hardcore comic title uh, over the moon that we're going to be able to get this. Well, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Thor. Next, they announced <laughs> the awesomely titled 
Thor Love and Thunder with the date of November 5th, 2021. You think back, Pete, to seeing the dark world and going, all right, well, that was that was fun. Who would have thought that we'd be so psyched for Thor 4? Pete, who is returning for Thor 4? That would be Chris Hemsworth. That would be, of course, Tessa Thompson after becoming the king of uh, Asgard in Avengers Endgame. But Matt, really, really, I I read it. I thought it was a joke. (laughs) Natalie Portman, Jane Foster, and she's going to be female Thor. Yes, in fact, Tessa Thompson introduced it. And I think this, too, was read as a joke, at least in social media. Tessa Thompson saying, uh, you know, now I'm the queen of Asgard. Or, pardon me, now I'm the king of Asgard and I need to find my queen. Okay, a little reference there to Valkyrie's sexuality. But no, no, it was bouncing into the introduction of who can be the queen of Asgard. It's Lady Thor. It's Natalie Portman. And, Pete, this the ultimate example, I think, of Marvel turning lemons into lemonade. I'm sure we all know that in the course of Thor 2, Natalie Portman's happiness with Marvel uh, (laughs) decreased, and thus she was not in Thor 3. You know, hey, you throw some bucks her way, film her a day or two to come back in in Endgame, so be it. But now we get, Pete, her absence in in Thor 3 actually will inform her return. Yeah, and that Taika Waititi... Uh, had a deal close this week to write and direct. And this has jumped up the schedule from a guardians of the galaxy uh, and some of the other projects seizing on the success of Thor Ragnarok. It's the right choice all the way around. Yeah. One can assume that this is the slot that guardians three would have been in prior to the, the James Gunn thing. Um, But I think they had the may, 2020 spot to be honest wow that soon yeah i think they did well either way they were uh, ramping up on production when that uh ouster came the first time uh with that feige then went back to the timeline look all these holes have been filled in but not the one for may 1st 2020 and to no one's surprise but i think everyone's delight Uh, He then called on stage for Black Widow, uh, director Kate Shortland. He called forth Scarlett Johansson, David Harbour, Florence Pugh, O.T. Fajman Lee, Rachel Weisz, who says, I'm a real actor. And uh, Pete, I think this was peak excitement, which shows the wisdom of closing with it, even though it's the next one to come out. And everybody knew this was coming, but it's the smart way to end it. Like you said, everybody got hats, Matt. Uh, you know, well, almost our, one person didn't get a hat, but we'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> Harbor uh, was at his harborist. Um, but the footage, Matt, the footage is tremendous. We're going to get Taskmaster. Uh, we're going to do Budapest. Um It's time. We've had Captain Marvel. It's time for the OG uh, lady of the MCU to get her solo movie and can't imagine that it will disappoint. And Pete, no surprise to anyone who's listened to this podcast thus far. Director Kate Shortland 
not super well known, directed Somersault, Lore, and Berlin Syndrome uh, all since 2004. So she's certainly a, a long-established uh, director, both in TV and film. And just when you thought it couldn't get any better, uh, everybody, all of these people thus mentioned, get called to the stage for a big uh, phase four picture. Uh, I guess some of the less savvy people in the audience started to boo when the actors were asked to face you know, to face the photographer, which had their back to the audience, which is how these great pictures of actors in the foreground and thousands of people in the background happen. Um, and then Fiji mentions everybody's getting getting their uh, their uh, Black Widow hats. Uh, then Pete, he said, a lot of this stuff has been rumored. Here's something that nobody has a rumor about. And what was that, Pete? That is, of course, uh, Oscar winner Mahershala Ali as Blade. And for us, this uh, satisfies on a couple different levels. One, that you get such an accomplished actor at the top of his game to play a character that Wesley Snipes did in three films and to bring this character that you know, people had talked about, but we hadn't heard anything about being on the slate for the MCU into it and to just salivate about the interactions he's going to have with some of our other existing characters. And then a guy who's already in the MCU, uh, albeit the character is now dead, that of um, Cornell Cottonmouth Stokes from Luke Cage. Yes, and the fun bit there where Mahershal Ali gets called onto the stage by name, and what's he here for? Oh, he has a different hat. He puts it on. It reads Blade. They put the Blade logo up uh, on the screen. It, it That was one of those Comic-Con moments. Like, well done. You know, a lot of this is your standard, you know, call them up. Each person says a thing. Okay, get off stage. Next bunch. You come up. We applaud. Say your things. You get off stage. This manufactured to be sure, but this just one of those magical moments that that was Comic-Con, that was the fun of of the experience. Yeah. And, you know, oh, and by the way, Fantastic Four uh, mutants, people misunderstanding that they've been announced. Here's a date. Here's a cast uh, that a film is called The Mutants. No, they're going to get to all these things in the sandbox that they reacquired from the Fox transaction. Yes, I, I read last night from a from an overhyped outlet that there is the film The Mutants coming. And that's not what Feige <laughs> says. He you says mean the, the new mutants, which <laughs> they continue to try to distance themselves from. Um. So, yeah, for him, I mean, he didn't even say an X-Men movie. He just said, now there are mutants in the MCU. Uh, he did, of course, formally announce, I think, again, to few surprises, Guardians 3. Certainly no surprise for Guardians 3, given its public track record in the last year. Uh, but also Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2. Um, and, you know, Pete, it then begs the question, all of this stuff that was... Um, that was widely rumored at aside from Herschel Ali as blade gee whiz. When's the next opportunity for them to share even more, share things that have not been rumored. If only Matt, I, I want to speak speculatively for a minute. If Disney could have its own convention, if it had enough clout, if it had enough IP, 
where they could have their own weekend convention for uh, subscription types to, uh, you know, hype some other perhaps even bigger profile projects next month. Yes, I have good news for you. Uh, starting, I believe, August uh, 23rd, but certainly that last full weekend in August, 23rd, 4th, 5th, uh, that's when D23 will be occurring in Anaheim, what? California. Almost yes. as if it was on a schedule. Oh, my uh, goodness. And yes, we're going to get the Guardians. We're going to get Black Panther. We're going to get Captain Marvel. All that stuff is in the offing. I'm really interested to see how far they'll go. Um, you know, the, the phase idea, you know, people looking at the 10 projects that were up on the uh, projector saying, well, oh, phase four is these 10 projects. I think they're really past the idea of phases now. It's a new paradigm with these shows. So what is being conceived, closed, etc in the time between now and their own convention, you know, is that where Krasinski and uh, his wife come out and become, you know, the uh, the fantastic two of the fantastic four and, and we get the other ones named? Uh, do we announce a Doctor Doom? Do we get a Spider-Man date and the title, et cetera, et cetera? You know, they have to share San Diego Comic-Con with so many things. What do they have to share D23 with themselves? Star Wars, um, you know, Disney Plus. Uh, Yeah, there'll be some more news. We'll be bringing it to you next month. Yeah, and certainly it'll be interesting to see, as you said, Pete, how far out do they go? Yes, there's this whole slate of things which we've just discussed. And I don't mean to downplay the Disney Plus shows at all. But if we just look at the movies, we're talking two movies next year, three movies the year after that, all ones to be excited about, to be sure. But it's not, it certainly is not, you know, the, the what, three, four, five year uh, plan that we got several years ago. Uh, similarly, you know, Black Widow almost certainly, if not completely certainly, uh, taking place in the past. Um, some question in my mind, you know, how connected are Eternals and Shang-Chi going to be to the ongoing story? Certainly connected, don't get me wrong. Then could you do Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Could it be a completely self-contained uh, dip into the multiverse uh, from uh, from Infinity War? You know, maybe, point being, that doesn't necessarily tip kind of the story at large. Um, it's really only we get when we get to Thor, Love and Thunder, where you start to kind of pick up the pieces of where things headed to bring everybody back together in five years time, seven years time, whatever it is. It's with that longer term uh, plan where I think that'll start to come together because these movies don't necessarily chart a course in that direction. Right. That's where I said the trajectory of, you know, moving forward will be something of a theme at D23. Pete, all of this coverage from San Diego Comic-Con that we've been podcasting this weekend, not just the Marvel stuff. We talked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We talked about Star Trek. We have some other things to discuss. As the uh, Watchmen, hello? <laughs> well, Watchmen, indeed, which uh, you know is going to require some serious focus as well. But all of this made possible by the people who keep us listeners supported on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. 
absolutely could not begin of thinking to do this without you. So whether it's at the uh, entry level of a dollar, whether you pick your own category, everybody who contributes gets exclusive podcast content, all sorts of perks from there on up. And you guys help us do this thing we do. All of these perks, great perks indeed, Pete. But the best one is a freebie that's talking to you on Twitter. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 10,599, Matt. Who's it going to be? Push me to the next number there. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail. We are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word. Be part of the discussion there today. Well, for those listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we have some Watchmen trailer discussion to dig deep into in the next day or two. Uh, then before you know it, Pete, we'll be talking some more Jessica Jones and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the end of the week. And uh, just super fun to have been talking all this Marvel stuff at San Diego Comic-Con. But now's the time for me to say adios to all our listeners and give you, Pete, the final word. See you at D23.